0: Isaiah chapter 28. You know, Isaiah prophesied about 700 B.C., about 700 years before Christ. And so he's, his prophecy, it probably based on much that happened to the northern kingdom. But he's also he's prophesied to the southern kingdom. Because the southern kingdom is about to, and they are in process of doing exactly what the northern kingdom did. And sure enough, it won't be too long uh, until they'll be in the same shape. Destroyed and taken into captivity. Verse verse 1 of chapter 28 of Isaiah. Woe to the crown of pride, to the drunkards of Ephraim, whose glorious beauty is a fading flower. See that? Glorious beauty is a fading flower. That's what a fool is, according to the Bible. Which are on the head of the fat bodies of them that are overcome with wine. Behold, the Lord hath a mighty and strong one, which as a tempest of hail and a destroying storm, as a flood of mighty waters overflowing, shall cast down to the earth with the hand the crown of pride, the drunkards of Ephraim shall be trodden under feet. Now there's three times in those three verses he would lead you to believe that God's not in favor of alcohol. And he certainly is not in favor of drunkards. And that's part of Israel's problem. I noticed you know, UK had a couple of ball games yesterday. You yeah. might say, but I noticed all the advertisements, the commercials, radio and television on them. I mean, you had the liquor barn and others. Just go to the liquor barn and get all of your holiday needs. Go get your wine and your strong drink, so you too can get drunk with the rest of the world. This is going on in Israel. And had been going on in the northern kingdom. God is not on your side if that's where you are. I just thought I'd throw that in here. It just uh Sideline here. And the glorious beauty which is on the head of the fat ballot shall be a fading flower. And as a hasty fruit before the summer, which when he that look upon it seeth, while it is yet in his hand he eateth it up, it ain't going to last long. In the book of Amos, Amos prophesied with a vision of summer fruit. It rots real quick. The time is not very long. It's about over. He that shall come will come and he will not tarry. He won't even be a minute late. He'll be right on time. Verse 5, And that day shall the Lord of hosts be for a crown of glory and for a diadem of beauty under the residue of his people, and for a spirit of judgment to him that sitteth in judgment, and for strength to them that turn the battle to the gate. But they also have erred, that's not erred, that's erred, through wine. Again, man. Oh, I think it's all right to drink a little. doesn't look to me like it is. And through again, strong drink are out of the way and priests and the prophet have erred through strong drink. Even the priests are getting drunk. They are swallowed up of wine. There it is again. How many times, Lord, one time ought to be enough but for a bunch of wicked and rebellious people he goes on and on and on and on. (laughs) they are out of the way through strong drink they err in vision they stumble in judgment why? because they're drunk they can't see straight they can't walk straight you see it on TV when they pull somebody over what they do they get them out and they make them walk in a straight line and they can't do it If you have the ability to walk, you ought to be able to walk in a straight line. But if you're drinking that rot gut, and all of that garbage that's sold is rot gut, they used to call it demon rum for all of it. Anybody hear that? For all tables are full of vomit, And filthiness so that there is no place clean. Have you ever cleaned up a party where they've been drunk? If you have, you've cleaned up vomit. They get drunk in cars and vomit in the cars. You see it on the insides of the windshields. your problem was you shouldn't have let that drunk in your car so all you've got to have a little mercy not on a drunk I don't put him out in the hog style where he belongs whom shall he teach knowledge I mean look look what, look what they are in How many times has he brought up wine and strong drink? Numerous times. I didn't count them all. There's a bunch of them. Whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast, they should be able to take it. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. If they can get anything, that's the only way they're gonna get it. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. Oh they're gonna go into captivity too. They're not gonna hear their language of their fathers. Oh, and it's going to get real serious along about 700 years from now, from here. Because then he's going to turn from the Jews to the Gentiles. He's going to have to have to hear it in Greek. This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. This is refreshing, yet they would not hear. (laughs) They brought all this on themselves. But the word of the Lord was unto them. Precept upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here a little and there a little. That they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. Because they can't take the word. Wherefore hear the word of the Lord you scornful men. that rule the men that rule this people which is in Jerusalem. Now this is to the rulers. Because you have said, we've made a covenant with death and with hell, are we at agreement? (laughs) Made a covenant with death and hell? When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us. For we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. Oh, they've listened to all of the lies. And they said, well, we're just going to make an agreement with death and hell. And when all this stuff that's going to come, we'll just avoid it. It won't have anything to do with us. We might even get some preachers to change their doctrine so they can teach us that it's just symbolic. It doesn't really mean anything. Hmm. Hmm. Verse 16, they're hiding in the refuge of lies. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God: Behold, I lay in Zion, for a foundation a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. There's the certainty. There's the hope. Anyway, judgment also will I lay to the line, and righteousness to the plummet. That's a plumb bob. And the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies. And the water shall overflow the hiding place. And your covenant with death shall be disannulled. Your agreement with hell shall not stand. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, then you shall be trodden down by it. Your covenant with it is not going to do you a bit of good. From the time that it goeth forth, it shall take you. For morning by morning shall it pass over. By day and by night and it shall be a vexation only to understand the report. For the bed is shorter than that a man can stretch himself on it. And the covering narrower than that he can wrap himself in it. For the Lord shall rise up as in Mount Perizim. He shall be wroth, angry. As in the valley of Gibeon. That he may do his work his strange work. And bring to pass his act his strange act. Now therefore be ye not mockers. Lest your bands be made strong. For I have heard from the Lord God of hosts. A consumption even determined upon the whole earth. Oh that's just old Israel stuff. No the whole earth. I'm going to stop right there. Short beds and narrow sheets. Or insufficient religion. Most religions today are trying to convince everyone that God is not angry with anyone. All people will ultimately be accepted by God. I remember one time they had a quilt they were making for the United Nations. If you all, oh, you really, if you get your patch sewn onto that quilt, boy, you're in, you're in, in good now. The Bible repeatedly stresses the fact that God accepts some. And rejects others. Amen. Not supposed to preach that. That's divisive. That's not inclusive. What we're supposed to do is preach inclusivism. But it'd be a lie. And those kinds of lies and refuges. You can't lay on that bed. It's too short. You can't get covered up from the cold. It's too narrow. It just won't do. You remember Cain and Abel. God accepted Abel and rejected Cain. Now how long has this been a truth that God accepts some and rejects others? That represents the Garden of Eden. Amen. Well, we, we need to get back to basic truth. Where do you think I am? You don't get much more basic than this. God accepted Abel and his offering, and rejected Cain and his. Very basic. How would you like to, now if you're not very tall, you don't ever have to worry about this. But tall people have a problem. Can you imagine being 7'3 or 7'4 and renting a motel room? If you had to put your head up the bed, the top of the bed, your knees would hang out, hang over. Reckon you could ever get comfortable on the bed like that? No, it just wouldn't do. You'd have to move it out where you can hang your head over, and then you, then you got a narrow sheet. Now you'd have to be a little bitty bitty person for that narrow sheet to cover you. But that narrow sheet's not going to cover you. So it's a cold night and you got a short bed and a narrow sheet. You ain't comfortable, not gonna be comfortable. And I tell you this neither will man's own religious inventions they'll not make you comfortable nor provide any protection. Amen. None whatsoever. Now everybody knows that there's a need for protection. They do, everybody knows that. You don't have, you don't have to be a mental heavyweight <coughs> to know <coughs> that if you're out in this world unsheltered and by yourself, that you probably ain't gonna make it. Well, we've got the law. Well, yeah, they'll come up and put the yellow tape around. After it's over, if they can find your body. And that's about the amount of protection that you can get from this world. But what about spiritual protection? Oh, well, see, I believe baptism saves you. You can go right through the line of everything, everything that they've invented. No, it doesn't. It doesn't provide any any safety at all. Uh, look quickly at Romans one, In verse eighteen. For the wrath of God is revealed. Didn't say it's going to be. Just said it is revealed. It has been and is and will be. Revealed from heaven. Against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. Now what fits into that category? Ungodliness and unrighteousness. Everything that is not godly. Everything that is not righteous before God. Amen. That's everything of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Now, who's doing that? Well, I'm going to say the majority of mainstream religion. Oh, uh, we've been seeing this ad, ad on television. Jesus gets you. Now that's, that's designed to give comfort to the homosexuals, the freak marriages, the transgenders. Oh Jesus understands everything about you so he's okay with this. Is't that what they're saying? Well, let me tell you that that bed is too short for you and that's that cover is too narrow. It won't do you any good because the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all. Ungodliness and unrighteousness, and you don't have to be a a real astute student of the Bible to find what God says about homosexuality and all of those abominations. So, look back at our text, chapter 28, verse 14. Wherefore, hear the word of the Lord, ye scornful men. Now, you know, the psalmist said, don't don't walk in the path of the scornful. And these men are those that rule this people, which is in Jerusalem. Well, we've got them right here. Amen. We've got them in our fair city, and we've got them in our state, and we've got them in our country these scornful men that rule us. It's an amazing thing. The so-called president has ordered up, was it $80 billion to hire 80000 Tax people. And I assume they've got enough there. They're going to audit everybody in the country. But you see Joe Biden himself, he's been receiving it's a fact, he's been receiving millions from his son who's been getting it from our enemies. And he's been given much of it to his daddy, and his daddy ain't never put it on his income tax returns. That's felony. That's prison sentence. Let's see if he gets it now. <clears throat> Verse fifteen. Because you have said, now he's probably talking about Assyria and Egypt, making covenants with them. Because we have made a covenant with death and with hell are we at agreement. Uh, We all agree with that. Now every time, I like to watch some of these nature so-called shows. The blue planet, you ever watch that? And the ocean. I like to see all that. Then on land, I like to watch the uh, wildebeest migrations and I like to watch all that, I really do. But my problem is this. And they talk about the millions of years that has been going on. They're one hundred percent lying to you. They don't know any such thing as millions and billions of years. They can't even think that high. Oh, well, I'm going to follow science. You've just made a covenant with death. A refuge of lies. Get your studier going. Study the Word of God. You say you believe it? Then act like you believe it. Read it, study it, and believe what it says. We've made a covenant with death and with hell. Are we at agreement? I'm not in agreement with them, nor will I keep my mouth shut about it. Says, so God we get you in trouble. I've been there ever since I was born, anyway. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us, for we have made lies our refuge and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. Huh? For what reason you say when the overflowing scourge I talk about when Sherman made his march from Atlanta to the to the east coast in the Civil War the scourge of William T. Sherman he burned everything and killed everything. Killed all the livestock. Burned all the crops. No, I ain't for him. Wasn't for him then. If I'd have been here. Monster. Wasn't for Lincoln either. But he, he committed a scourge on the south. Well, let me tell you that when God's judgment comes, you're going to see a scourge like you ain't never seen or heard of. Amen. Read the book of Revelation and let don't take refuge in the lies. Oh, that's just symbolic. That's a lie. That's a refuge of lies. It it won't come to us. Oh, we're going to get... Other ones say, Oh, we're going to get out of here before anything happens. What's that doing? The same, isn't it? Just doing it. Coming at it a different way. It's still saying it doesn't have anything to do with us. I don't think that anybody's going to get out of anything, even God's people, Until the wrath of God comes. And tribulation is not the wrath. Matter of fact, you look in Revelation 7 and all that multitude. And John is asked, who are these? He says, thou knowest, these are they which came out of great tribulation. Now you don't have to be a mental heavyweight to understand what that says that multitude that cannot be numbered of every tribe, nation under heaven, they came out of great tribulation. They went through great tribulation. Amen. Then comes the wrath of God. Anyhow, they said, no, nah, we ain't going to be bothered by it. Oh, you got a big surprise coming. Don't, don't be trusting in these lies. Anyway, we've made lies our refuge, and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. Hey, listen to false prophets. Yeah. They've got something something on television now that's got a. Uh, what do they call it? Something of wisdom. they supposed to be teaching the book of Proverbs. And they got great stalwarts of the faith like Joel Osteen that's going to be on there. <laughs> Don't be stupid like these people were. They rejected the word. Up in verse 12 he said. Y'all twisted it. And said it meant something that it didn't mean. They rejected the word. Let me tell you what. The most precious thing you've got or I've got. Is the word of God in my language. In our language. And all of these false religions, you take Mohammedanism, they don't like to be called that, but that's what it is. You don't have anything in there about forgiveness of sins through the blood of Christ. Oh, they've got religion, all right. And they'll kill you for it. They'll murder you for it. And we've seen. <coughs> how much of that have we seen in this country? And still talk about them as a peaceful religion. You talk about not recognizing your enemies. But you take Buddhism and all that. All over, we just need to get get our transcendental meditation going. But see all of that, but it comes down to this. When you're laying on your, or lying on your deathbed, what then? What are you going to cover yourself with then? What are you going to stretch yourself out on then? Because none of this stuff will do. Well, you get your Catholic priest there and he'll dash you with holy water and says, nah, 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 nah. say that over you. I've seen him. you ever seen him? I've seen him do it. It's like the Masonic chaplain will do. all he does it to a dead body. I don't know if he does it to a live body. Catholic do it to a dead body.. <laughs> or he you gets camel light in there. And he'll come, he'll bring you his communion kit. And he'll serve you bread and water. Mormons will too. they give you all that stuff. Oh, but that's a short bed and a narrow seat. That ain't gonna do it. And that's the kind of lies the religions of the world. They either ignore sin. Mary Baker Eddy and her uh Christian science. They're not Christians nor scientists. She died a drunk. Mary Baker Eddy did. But they teach that you ain't sick, you just think you are. Jesus didn't die for sins. He died to prove that sin doesn't exist. Check me out on that. That's what they teach, and the majority of so-called Protestant religions—they have very little, if anything, to say about sin. Now, let me tell you what: all we got to preach the gospel. It doesn't do any good to preach the gospel if people don't hear the fact that they're lost and on their way to hell. They're under the judgment of God right now. The love of God is not on them. They do not hear need to hear that God loves them. They need to hear that God is the judge. Amen. There's one lawgiver who's able to save and to destroy. They say, well, get them enough money, get them enough education. Then Paul tell us in 1 Corinthians? Words to this effect. You're not going to find God by searching. Doesn't matter what education you've got. I respect somebody's got an education. But because somebody's got a Ph.D., even a T.H.D. on the end of their name. Oh, this is Dr. So-and-so, Dr. So-and-so. That's all right. I'm sure in your field you know what you're talking about. But your field is not creation. Your field is what you're working in right now. If you're an architect, you're designing buildings. You know what will work and what won't work by trial and error. You know the history of it and all that. You didn't create the steel, you didn't grow the trees and all the other stuff. You're design engineer in a car company. Good. You design. You take this from this and this from this. You don't take anything original. You ain't got anything original. You just move designs around, and then you design a car. Sometimes they look good. Sometimes they look like an Edsel. How many remember Edsels? Some of us were alive to see them. Looked like a Ford sucking a lemon. You remember that? That's what we said about it. What about the 50s Studebakers? You couldn't tell where this coming or going. Back end looked just like the front end. Well, what about that design? There are lots of designs that didn't make it. Well, some that did make it. Some that like. Some that don't. That's a design. You're not qualified to tell me where this universe came from. You're not qualified to tell me where I'm going when I die. Only those who know the Lord and his word are qualified to tell me that. Dr. Hall-Jaws ain't qualified for that. Anyway, many have turned their pulpits over to short beds and narrow seats. As we said, the only one that will work is verse 16. I lay in Zion a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious stone, a sure foundation. There's the one that works. Amen. Paul says, I know whom I have believed. Not in whom. Amen. I know whom I have believed. Amen. And am persuaded. That he is able to keep that which I have committed him, unto him against that day. Amen. In the religions of the world. The short beds and the narrow seats, There is no real change of life. There is no change. It leaves him just as he was. Just like in the parable of the good Samaritan. The priest and the Levite. They had nothing to offer. They have nothing to offer today. Ceremonies, false doctrines, tacked on. I haven't done it in years. We used to play pin the tail on the donkey. They still play that game? Used to be a... Back when I remember what parties were, that's what you did. Oh, he likes to party. Well, I liked to party, I guess, when I was a kid. I went to a few of them. But I don't know adults partying. I don't think that's what they're doing. But they'd have a picture of a donkey up on a board and put a blindfold on you and turn you around and head you towards the donkey, and you got to pin the tail on the right place. Well, it's amazing where that tail got pinned. Well, huh. A tail got tacked on over here and over here and here. That's what they're doing with all this religion. They're tacking this on, this on, and now they've got they've got the music. They've got all of this rock concert music, and calling it praising the Lord. You can't die on these short beds and narrow sheets. Or too short and too narrow. They, Israel, northern and southern kingdom, tried to appease the wrong ones. If we can just make Assyria happy or Egypt happy, later on even Babylon we just make those enemies happy, we'll be all right. Paul said, If, if I please men, I cannot be the servant of Christ. Amen. Well, Pleasing men is all they're worried about now. Oh, you've got to speak so people can, you can draw people in. Well, if I do that, and to draw them in, what will I do with them when I get them there? You see a dog chasing a car, what's he going to do if he catches it? He can't battle that car. And if I preached and did the things that everybody's wanting and got all those people in, what in the world would I do with them when I got them there? You sure can't teach them anything. They didn't come there for the for the truth. They came there for the entertainment or the lies that you told them. And honestly, that's when the, some of these preachers that get into that, they end up, they, they might preach 10 or 15 minutes and they turn the rest of it over to music. Because they ain't got nothing they can say. They ain't got nothing they dare say to that bunch of lost people they've got there. Because they'll either throw him out or they'll all leave. Fear not man, which can kill the body, but fear him, which can destroy both body and soul in hell. Don't try to appease the wrong one. Well, I want to make people happy with this. You can't do it. I'm not saying be obnoxious in your flesh, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about preaching the Word of God, the truth of God, with God's authority. You're not going to make them happy. The only thing that will suffice, the only thing that will give you a bed to to stretch out on and a cover to cover up with, is the all sufficient gospel of Jesus Christ. Remove sin and guilt and condemnation, change the heart and the life. And give a steadfast assurance of the future. You can only live with this one. Short beds and narrow seats. They just won't do the job. Let's all stand.